The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Forests in Dungeons & Dragons are more than just a collection of trees. They are a feeling of dew, slicked moss yielding beneath your feet. (laughs) Dew. (laughs) The subtle smell of flowers and the beams of golden sunlight that filter through a canopy. It's the lively cacophony of birds and insects. (laughs) Caca! In a summer-soaked glen of an eerie uh (laughs) of a summer soaked glen and the eerie muffled silence of mist covered dead wood broken only by the groans of dying branches and mocking squall of ravens join us today as we discuss how to turn overland travel into an extraordinary experience for you and your players in your favorite role-playing games. Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. And we call us Brandon. What up? We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. So, I'm really excited. Do you guys find uh, the travel aspect of D&D? Do you ever realize it, how excited you are every week? Well, it's supposed to That's be a part. Good thing. I'm it's really excited. supposed to be part of my personality. And the week before then, I'm really excited. <laughs> but you never sound excited. It's like, <sighs> I'm really excited today. There we go. Uh, so I'm more... Right. Anyways, so, you guys, is your overland travel fun? No. <laughs> Just pay for it, it's not. Me. And you're there! <laughs> yeah, that, and sometimes that's okay. But sometimes we want the experience. Um, in one of my favorite books, The Stormlight Archives, one of the tenets of the Knight's Radiance was Journey Before Destination. And I think Journey in D&D can be just as fun and engaging as And You're There. Not that there's anything wrong with that, yep. but especially if you want them to explore the world, your your exploration players and your lore players will get the most out of this more than even the combat people. Random combat encounters, right? Based on their adventures, right? Was it curious? How about the haunted forest in Japan? Not even the birds live there. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking Wondrous Expeditions Forest by Loresmith. If you have not uh, had the privilege of picking up any of Loresmith's uh, content yet, you need to. Is it safe to say that they've made, like, Wondrous Expeditions deserts? And not yet. Plains? This is, is their some, first one, to my understanding. Uh, in the pipeline, cool. I bet, though. So, um, today we're going to be talking about this. Um, forests, uh, you know, this book is designed to turn overland travel into something that your players and you will really enjoy, and we're going to talk a little bit about it today. Um, the book itself is divided into primary three major chapters, 
and the chapter one, which is running forest expeditions, chapter two, which is creating forest scenes, which is one of my favorite uh, sections in this book. And of course, chapter three, which is wondrous forest. And they're all slightly different um, in a really, really good way. Now, first, it is worth noting that this book on the back says for any tabletop RPG. Very important. Yes. Because basically it's versatile regardless what system you're playing. Pathfinder, Numenera, whatever whatever setting you want to play in. What? Almost like there's other RPGs in D&D. Unless your world doesn't have forests. Unless your world doesn't have forests <laughs> because all the humans burn them down to get rid of the elves. Yeah, there's no green there. Well, there's a there's a popular D and D setting that's like that. It's uh black sun, dark sun. Yeah, I think it's like that. Well, so anyways, well it's forest, but there are deserts most for the most part. So yeah. So we're gonna go through the and talk about uh the uh, running forest expeditions now. Um, I'm gonna pass this over to you guys so you guys can kind of look at it. I know uh, Alicia's gonna put some pictures up on the screen for you guys to see. Um, but what makes this really interesting is the fact that there are dozens of charts. And the charts and tables are actually short, concise, but very flavorful. That's good. And I think that that really is what shines. Outside of just the amazing writing that's in here, um, they start to give you ideas of things to fill your world with. Um, like, I would like uh, you guys take a look at this. Let's talk a little bit about the expeditions themselves and the charts that come with them. Katie's. Is there any one of those that really jumps out at you? No, about the expedition goal here? Yeah, just pick a couple to, to we can talk about. <laughs> uh, to destroy something. Ooh, that's their goal. Expedition Ooh. goal, I think, is the title of this table. Expedition goal, example subversion. The heroes learn important context as to why their quarry cannot or should not be destroyed. Ooh, what's the next column? Oh, that that that's it. There's there's only one column. There's two columns. Okay. There's the so, goal and the subversion. Now, that's general enough that you can build around it. And that's kind of the point, right, Ian? So, how would you build around something with that with that information? Could not or should not be destroyed. I remember one time I kicked around an idea in my head for an adventure where there was a forest that was protected by a forest guardian, basically thinking like a elk version of a centaur. Mm-hmm. But it turns out the reason why he can't die is because the entire forest is actually a dreamscape created by a god who's sleeping. <laughs> oh, that is cool as hell. And the guardian is also a manifestation of that dream. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> you can't hang up in a tree and, and the god wakes up and the trees just disappear. <laughs> <laughs> just fall out of it like a glitch in a video game. But My there. thought is the old-fashioned uh, uh, go back in time and kill Hitler paradox. Ooh, that's a tough one. Like, oh, you should not and you cannot kill this, this quarry because if you do something worse is going to happen in the future or something like that. That's always something to good. And actually some of these charts, a lot of them actually have like uh, additional twists that you can twist and turn on your uh, adventure, um, which is really cool. So um, Ian, if you want to kind of just pick something that jumps out of you, I do want to talk a little bit once we get to Which chapter is. two about the scenes, because there's really amazing flavor text that really just blows my mind. Um, and it's so well written. Some of the best in the business have helped write this, and it shows in the quality of the content. Oh, one random thing here is it means of travel. One table here is fatigue and moral factors. Ooh, moral. I like that. Morale. There you go. Oh, okay. Mor morale. <laughs> yeah. It's like moral. There's a person dug in the desert up to or in the middle of the swamp up to their head. They're begging for freedom. Do you, you struggle to find fresh foods, forcing you, you to eat Inedibles. Small ailments occur. Ooh. 
That's a fun thing. So that's a, so that's something we don't see a lot in D and D, right? <laughs> Why do you have two heads? I don't know. <laughs> that's something we don't see a lot where there's side effects of them scavenging, right? Drugs. Yep. So <laughs> if if I'm not mistaken, like the ranger says, you can find enough food for everyone. Yep. It doesn't say it's all edible, or at least not having any side effects. Well, I would at least assume it. It should, but that doesn't mean like let's say you do a nature check, right? And they scavenge for their food and they find it and they bring back these really nice, you know, tea leaves and make some stew out of it and everyone gets the squirts. Now, it still provided them with the nourishment that they needed, but now you get to add a little bit of flavor because they mixed it up with a different plant because they got a low intelligence roll. Do you know what I mean? This food's it's going to fill you up, but for the next 24 hours, green's going to look squirts. like blue. <laughs> Can you imagine just like in the middle of a battle and it's just running down their leg? <laughs> So gross. Yeah. Um, ah, that's nasty. Ooh, encounter ideas. You encounter an owlbear rider. The quest hook, discover a lost mythical shield. In the optional twist, they must not shed a drop of blood. Oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> that is really cool. And there's there's a lot of these that really just bring the forest encounters together. The running of the forest section is designed to give you everything you need to turn your wilderness um into something more memorable with really good foraging and navigation challenges uh fleshed out and sprinkled through uh the whole thing they actually give you loot options for killing creatures yeah, yes they uh, do the they hunting do a really section. good job because i've had so many players ask it's like okay i'm gonna go hunting it's like all right you yep you kill a deer <laughs> you kill a bear you gain four gp worth of fat and eight gp worth of pelt so you could roll, have them roll survival checks, turn that fat into tallow, and then they can make uh, torches or cooking oil. See or that. See, and that's the point I want to touch on. You guys already started brainstorming ideas. This isn't something that we touch on a lot in D and D. You start a fire, flint and tinder. You really need more than that, yeah. right? Well, you need kindling and having something to make something it easy. To light on fire. I <laughs> certainly appreciate the loot second for foraging or from creatures, especially after going over the monster hunter. <laughs> yes. It, it, they complement each other very well, yeah. actually, which is really well. And they've game. got – go ahead. I was just saying it's a fun game. And I think that some of the other things that they've uh, – that Loresmith has done in this really drives home the premise that we don't flesh out the worlds around our characters enough. For example, walking through a – you walk through – you're walking through – traveling through a forest. That's not exciting. That's boring. Since when a forest has been exciting. <laughs> But they can be. That's the thing. So in in chapter two, it gets heavily into the environment, right? And locations, making it more than just a sort of backdrop. And some of those details include some crazy concepts, like a rolling terrain. Uh, Common landmark. Abandoned quarry. The earth has been cleared from this area, exposing the stone beneath. Resources have been quarried out of the ground some time ago. Has there a boon? Checks made to investigate this landmark have advantage. Roll a d6. On a 6, there is a map of the local area left behind. Ooh, see, that's nice. That's so uh, fantastic. You want to toss I mean, that over here? I mean, honestly, I'm just like pointing good stuff out, just flipping through and looking at tables. Oh, yeah. wait. And that's They'll the point, see, right? Are you talking about like buffalo like meat burger pies or buffalo duke? <laughs> Buffalo Duke. <laughs> yeah, planes. There, no. What is there? She's talking about Buffalo. Shit. So yeah. 
Or he, uh, sure. The reason I, I, I think this section is, I think she's is, talking about literal crap. Is, is, <laughs> is so really wondrous because we don't deal – we've talked on the show how making – giving a single landmark to a location makes that area memorable. Um, and we don't do enough with that. Traveling through a forest should be memorable. There should be something going on. Um, and landmarks are a good way to do that. And there's a plethora of them in here. And some of them is are as simple as an obelisk. But it says, you know, balanced precariously on a plinth is a looming column of onyx. That is a perfect example to do what? A perfect opportunity to do what? Expand on race lore. Yep. World history. What is it? Maybe the obelisk upon closer inspection with a nature check turns out to be a massive tusk of a tarasque or something you know that is like you know been altered over time transmuted maybe yeah i remember one one shot i played in we ended up killing a giant sloth and like well we're short on resources so let's um harvest meat from this thing but as we're doing that we got ambushed by velociraptors who were attracted by the scent of the meat we yes. kept those in self-defense, and then we just decided to sleep in the ruins overnight that we were at where all this happened, and turned out that because we couldn't read the native language in the ruins, it turned out it was a necromancer temple. Oh, jeez. So That's all, great. What a series of really bad events. Okay. So <laughs> the corpses of the Velociraptors and the giant sloths came back to life and attacked us while we were sleeping. Oh, that's awesome. And that really expands on the lore and story. And they do that a lot in Wondrous Expeditions here. Um, I just want to give off some concepts of forests that expand beyond the normal. We talked briefly about how everyone just thinks of forests as a group of trees, right? Yep. Well, here they have the geode forest. Slow growing and unimaginably ancient, a geode forest is formed from dense mineral growths that tower overhead like trees. Their quartz crystal-like leaves create dappled purple shadows that dance through the holes in the canopy. Oftentimes, these forests start in the caves beneath the earth and spread out over eons. Nice. That is way cooler than trees. Can you imagine using Thunder Wave and watching all those Watch it shatter? Drop? So it, it's funny you mention that. Um, there's um, there's little sections of each of these, and there's a lot of them, whether it's a sacred grove, a snow forest, uh, a floating forest, which is pretty cool, um, animated woods. But they give little details about the types of monsters, the terrain you'll find, fungal canopies, you know, elemental confluences and stuff like that, time streams. That's cool. Right. That's something I would have not thought of. Right. And they give you even the ideas of landmarks like a levitating river. A levitating can, river. Can just th thinking about that is mind boggling. It basically is a river that just kind of floats into the air. Right. Um, and the reason why I think uh, these are good, because this thinks outside the, tr the traditional forest box, if you will. Um, and they do a really good job delving into that. The forest <laughs> terrain, for instance, is a really nice one because there's so many different ways to do the terrain. Like one of my favorites is, you know, doing like the grasping, grasping roots and, you know, the uh, uh, enchanted waterfall. But they got something in here called the metamorphosis glades. The entire terrain is like a blanket billowing in the wind. It's constantly shifting and rolling. 
in altering where just walking across it is terrifying. Boulders are constantly being rolled left and right, rolling up a hill, and then that hill becomes a dip and starts rolling down towards you. Can you imagine the adventure traveling and trying to battle on something like that? I can imagine getting lost. Well, that too, yeah, because you have no solid landmarks, <laughs> right? Everything's constantly in a wave of motion and changing. What do you guys think about something like that? Just think about the floating river, maybe think of the YouTube series Journey Quest, where the murder hobo in the party actually killed a river. I want to know what these guys are smoking when they came up with this shit, because I never would have thought of stuff like yeah, this. Yeah, and, and so I do want to take a moment to give a shout out to Watson. the writers, right? Levitating Alex, River. Alex Clippinger, JVC Perry, Jeff Lee, and Elf Vasala are the, the core team of writers, and they really just did some phenomenal work. Um, I mean, why not put an ocean in the sky? Why not? How terrifying! Did you that hear be? me talk about the floating forest? Floating forest. So, I was imagining just water, like a on the sphere ceiling. of water that's massive. Hmm. That's that sounds awesome. Yeah. But those are the things that we don't explore enough. We get so caught up in the traditional thought of what fantasy is, we don't really experience the wondrous opportunities that are there. Now, <laughs> beyond this, they give really good details in the section they close out with on setting the scene. Do you guys write your own read aloud text? at all or do you just kind of like you walk in a room and there's a sculpture in the corner and that's pretty much it no but i probably should okay uh, maybe if i was making an adventure for someone else to play through otherwise mm -hmm. i just uh you monologue my own shit so uh do you want to give us an example of one of these that seems to stand out to you just read the the italicized text of one i want you guys to hear how well this is written because you can literally just run down and pick one of these oh the green to narrate uh, to your party uh, and uh, I think that's one of my favorite parts of books like this is because I'm not super great at coming up with that stuff on the fly ooh. so having it written out for me in advance is really nice well ethereal song ooh. drifting through the serene woods comes a hauntingly beautiful song you can only make out a word here and there but never a full verse it's what does a light upon your ears brings tears to your eyes that is very much Fey enchantment. That sounds heart wrenching. <laughs> yeah, and you can tie as the DM. You can maybe tie that onto memories that are important to the characters. Don't you think? Oh yeah. What do you think, there, Brandon? <laughs> this music might come from elves or fake creatures. Well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it, it 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 does throw that eerie feeling through my spine because hearing something like this makes me think of something that you would hear in uh. Uh, like a haunted house or something like that. Yeah. Like the little doll singing in the haunt. Ooh, I like that. But then they say when they bring it to the forest, that makes it just a little bit more chilling. Yeah, and it is worth noting that it, this does come with a collection <laughs> of monsters, um, and some of them are really, really cool. But rem <laughs> remember that we mentioned that it is system agnostic. So there are five e stat blocks, but they do like a three, uh, like a, a pointed rating system for mental stats, strength, and uh, intelligence or magical capabilities or something on some of those. So that stuff is tossed in there. We're not going to get too much into it, but they give you templates and stuff to override with that. Um, yeah, the last nice. chapter smells too. Yeah, they really touch on all the sense, uh, which is just fantastic. Um, the last chapter is um, called Wondrous Forest, and it fills the chapter with wayfarers who have chronicled uh four wondrous forests that are ready to be used in your campaign already which i think is really nice that includes tailored flora fauna um role-playing advice along with you know unique features that help make these 
places fun and unique and interesting. So there's a lot going on there. Um, I see Brandon is is scrolling through this book. Um, The artwork is gorgeous too, by the way. Um, Laura Smith never spends, spares no expense on getting uh, fantastic artwork. So, um, Fairy allies. So as you're kind of carousing through this book, is there anything that really stands out to either of you? You want to have him take a look at that too? Because for me, if this is the start of a series, I think Laura Smith is really going in a wondrous direction. Okay. I see what you did there. I like how they got like adjusting the encounter. Like walking walking trees, they have different tiers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't the tiers doesn't necessarily say like uh what CR it should be, but I'm guessing the higher the tier the harder it's gonna be. That's a pretty good guess. Tier one, uh, for walking trees. Tier one use warhorse skeleton statistics but change their type to plant. Mm-hmm. Tier two is use awakened tree stats. Tier three is and, use elephant. <laughs> and that touches on something that we 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 talk about a lot in the show about reflavoring reflavoring stuff that exists and just giving it a new feature or something. And Wondrous Expeditions does some really good details about um, turning your forest into places of intrigue, peril, and wonder, and not just a place you're traveling through. Now we're not saying you need to spend days of game time playing. Right? No. But you could roll a die and determine, okay, uh, they're going to end up traveling through this strange area once and maybe run into an encounter. Now, there's encountering tables in here that don't actually necessarily mean fights, which I think is very, very glorious because every encounter table we, we usually see is so much about, you fight this, you fight this, you fight this. That's not nearly as interesting as stumbling across a elf who has been, like, melded to a tree or something against their will, and they're stuck there. <laughs> he just walked away. Hey, guys. Well. He's got a friendly disposition, regardless of his situation. Yeah, but maybe, I mean, you can you can use that as a jumping-off point, <laughs> such as, you know, maybe the person was is uh, a prisoner, and this is a sort of punishment. If the characters don't have the knowledge or the history of that, which you can call for knowledge checks, right, to reveal that stuff to them, like, oh, we don't want to help him. He, you know, he cut down a tree and that's like blasphemous in, you know, his his culture. Be like, well, especially so? If well, especially if it's a dryad tree, so yeah. yeah. Mm. And that, that's what I'm talking about. Like, there's so many good nuggets that this thing, this uh, Wondrous Expeditions delves into that I think is really good. Ian, did anything jump out of you particularly throughout the book as you're kind of scanning through it? Two things. One is Wizard Kia says, see California Redwoods. Picture it in an entire town in one treehouse what adventures could be have in the forest of giant trees and delcinia says her favorite traveling random encounter was a rabbi got trapped in their tents overnight and chaos ensued trying to catch it long story short there was a rabbit for breakfast (laughs) rabbit got in their tent yep and they chased it yep how big is their tents (laughs) that was intense well rabbits aren't very big so (laughs) (laughs) That's yeah. funny. But I do like the fact, though, that they say, oh, you want to fight this creature? You Use a stat block for this tier, which yep. just goes to show you that just because you have a mental image of a creature does not necessarily mean you're tied to that CR by default. You can just oh, reflavor God, something. Oh, God, yes. Which is something that we've touched on multiple times, but this book definitely doubles down on this. Yeah, like one nice. of the monsters that we uh, we talk about, I think, next episode 
I used a giant stat block. I just made them small and mm. made them sound badass and Go- gave them one <laughs> new feature. Ghostly Beast. Tier 1, three black bears. Tier 2, three ba- bla- brown bears. And give them resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical damage. Oh, it's worth noting that that will increase the CR. So yeah. Be careful of that. Tier 3, four saber-toothed tigers. Same thing. And four giant ape, same immunity. Yeah, and you can even go even farther by adding some of the the effects that are part of the area, right? Like if you get into a fungal area, maybe there's fungus in mushrooms and stuff growing on their bodies, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is a, a really good way to uh, to flavor that. You don't need something to tell you how to do that. Take what's already been given to you in the theme of the book and that particular forest and splatter it into your monsters i mean mushroom zombies actually are real things so <laughs> yeah that's uh b- isn't that a botanical uh what is that a bio necro or uh uh necro botanist um, well the zombies in the last of us these are based off an actual fungus so <laughs> so there is uh another thing i want to touch on like there's tables galore but there's so much like uh lore to to go through Obviously, we can't cover it all, but I do want to touch on some of the um, things that I think make it fun. So uh, we talk about how important tackling all the senses in D&D is, right? Mm-hmm. Not just telling somebody, but giving them, you know, what does it sound like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? So there's a section in here uh, for uh, a couple of different places. I'm looking at Fay Rise Forest right now <laughs> where it has a sense. Huh? <laughs> so the air tastes a bit nutty. <laughs> it tastes a bit nutty. Oh, good. It's not just Austin, me. Austin, it is shit. Uh, all right. So ah! the sensory uh, – they got a section in here called sensory stimulation. So on here he says the rat-tat-tat of Colossus storks clacking their beaks at each other in the distant granite spires. Or a low, steady creaking of rope bridges. Uh, how about uh, – and that's just the sounds, right? Then you get the smells. The gin-tinted aroma of merry-making mountain satyrs drunk off fermented juniper berries. Or pine sap being drained and chewed by hungry wickles. Uh, wickies? Must, I think that's a monster in this book. Um, the delicious aroma of culinary herbs growing by the trail side. See, these are things that I don't feel like some DMs do enough to enhance the experience. And that's exactly what Wondrous Expeditions is designed to do. What about uh, Feyre's sights? Glittering powdered snow that has mounded up on spires. Or complex carvings left by past societies of Ruakakas. <laughs> that makes me laugh. Um, and there's a lot even more. You know, this is a, this is a Feyre's sensation. Vertigo as you gaze up at the towering heights of granite spires. So there's a lot you can do. They also have buffs <laughs> and hazards in the terrains too, which I didn't is know nice. you could get vertigo while on the ground and looking up. Yeah. When we were in Cincinnati, I was looking up the buildings and going, Ugh. that'd make you sick. You gotta be careful. Um, there are all kinds of uh, hazards and terrains. So the tar pits, <laughs> you got tar pits in here and brackish pools and algal fields, whatever that is, a sprawling green carpet of lush algae flows across the landscape, entirely covering everything beneath it. Now algae. there's another paragraph about two paragraphs. Would that suggest that there's like a lake under it? I would I would assume. I don't know. I'm not. Do I look like a, a, a botanist or anyone with sort of? Where's any... the only place to find you do algae? Not... Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have a water fish tank. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not wrong. 
Um, and so there's a lot of these and some of them have special qualities too in these, which I think is really cool. So, um, this, for this one, I'm specifically talking about, uh, whatever, what is this one? This is the Marl Grove, Marl Grove, <laughs> Marl. the Marl Grove, which is very, the artwork for that is kind of just creepy, right? Some undead skeletons <laughs> like walking trees. through. Yeah, right. Undead trees. Um, and they have these different special qualities. So, like foul, plants are withered and blighted as if suffering from a malady. Animals are reeking and rancid with patchy fur, uh, putrefying skin, and yellow bone. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Like, that is such a great detail to have for the unique area for flora and fauna. Because that applies to everything in the air. It's not just one. You know what I mean? What are some of your other thoughts on what you would recommend uh, for making travel through a forest exciting? Well, I definitely recommend capitalizing on the good old-fashioned random encounter tables. Yeah, and there's there's some really good ones here. And once again, I like that they're not all combat-related. Yes. He walks. Like, uh... That's trees. And they have... <laughs> he walks? <laughs> what about you walks? He walks? Or a D-walk? She walks. F-walk? No? I think we're trying too hard at this point. K-walk? <laughs> K-walk would be a monster. All right, so they also have cha- they have to, they have tables for everything. Here's one for forest discoveries. A crude lichen-covered xylophone fashioned from the rib cage of a human. Lichen. So yeah. I just want to take a moment to say that, you know, the content that Laura Smith has put out in this book, along with their other content is pretty phenomenal. I own a lot of their books. Their their stuff is amazing. System agnostic in most cases. When it comes down to it, Wondrous Expeditions really just hits it out of the park. Um, it touches even would on you weather. Say it hits it out of the forest? I would. I would I would say that. I should have said that. That's really good. I hate my life. Um, but it comes down with like weather types and ex, uh, different effects on the expeditions you're doing. The boons and the hazards that tie into those. Like, uh, you know, fair weather, the hazard is increased likelihood of encounters with hostile humanoids. Ooh, yeah. I don't. I don't think our viewers like is insulting them. <laughs> I passed English, top of my class. Wow, Justin. I mean, dudes, we listen to you. Just wow. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Uh... <laughs> I passed English at the top of his class. <laughs> Ouch, that hurts, Delcinia. I mean, dudes. I passed English you. at the bottom of my class. <laughs> autocorrect. <laughs> what is the autocorrect for the bottom or instead of top? <laughs> That's a typo. <laughs> You heard him. He's the bottom. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Check it out. Pick it up. Um, PDF or physical copy. I like physical books. Honestly. It makes it harder sharing with them when I got just the physical book. He likes being able to touch shit. Yes. Yeah, mate. I just gotta... Yeah, sharing PDFs of RPGs is way easier than, like, here's a book that I might not ever get back. Yeah, right? Right? How's that Spelljammer book? Oh, you mean the one that's still sealed? Is it still plastic? sealed? God damn, man. That episode was three weeks ago. I got it was more than that. Yeah. I got all three three bundles and the Well, I cover. also have the book from Grand Con and still have not opened it either. So, yeah, so I'm not alone. <sighs> I don't have time. They also I'm arrived, working on that though. They also arrived the living crap out of it too, so Alright, so uh any final thoughts on your impressions of Wondrous Expeditions? Short version, it just shows what you can flesh out in your game that you just don't think about usually. Yep. You go out of the box, fucking floating forests, levitating rivers, mm-hmm. oceans in the sky. Where does that water come from? What do you mean? Well, it's a floating island that has waterfalls. Where's the water come from? Didn't you just <laughs> yeah. say well? 
and it turns out there's like a very very eagle system of gravitational pull between this world and a world that's above the water that you cannot see in the water is so for them it's like a lake a deep deep lake and out, when you swim deep enough you pop out and fall to the ground and splat ah! so so you just have lore of just random blood splatters underneath this this uh shimmering there's, sky there's gotta be another world that there are people falling out of the river <laughs> anyways um I think that'll do it for our main topic today, Wondrous Expeditions by Loresmith. Um, I always highly recommend Loresmith's content. It's all system agnostic. If you're writing books or just like writing, they're great for that as well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good detail that can flesh out your world. It really is the ultimate guide to building immersive forests and environments for your role-playing games. And it's got Ichabod Crane on the back. Is that who that is? <laughs> uh, he looks like him. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, uh, before we close out today, I would like to take a moment. Please, cons please consider supporting us. If you like our content and you want to see more of it and help keep the show going, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Um, we have five different price levels, so you can choose that you can choose from. So you can pick one that's appropriate to your um, budget. And if you join at the Elder Dragon tier, you will literally get access to a massive horde of content and treasure that we have been creating for years. You get everything. It it it's it's big. It's big. Um, you know that means five years of content, five years of monsters, adventures, and so much more stuff. That's right. We've been around for that long. That, that's yeah. some monster. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Shit. Yeah. What were you gonna say? Is that that's monsters, magic items, encounters, DM tips, player tips. It's a lot. So if you can throw a few uh, dollars our way to help pay the bills for all this stuff, yep, um, and keep it going, we appreciate it. Uh, you can also visit our visit our website to learn more. Lots of good details there. Um, and if you really enjoy this, please sh right now share this onto your Facebook or your whatever your social media is. Yep. And share it with a friend and tell them to watch. It doesn't have to be nice. Just be like, hey, look at these losers. That'd be great. Yeah, that'll, that'll <laughs> spike interest. Like, hey, look at this bald guy and this baby-faced fool who's got a big bald spot on his head. They're kind of interesting to listen to. <laughs> At the very least, they t tell a bunch of dirty jokes to each other, right, B? Please give us a like and a follow. Turn on that bell on YouTube for notifications when we get yep. live. YouTube likes that stuff, and if you do it, we'll show it to more people so we can grow our audience. And you can have more people to talk to in the chat. I am your host, Justin. I am your co-host, Ian. I'm your co-host, Brandon. Thanks for listening. Keep your blades sharp and spell prepared, heroes. Listen, I don't want to hear it from somebody that's got a Captain Hook mustache and can't pull it off. <laughs> All right? Well, we'll ask them. How does this look? Do I look... It Captain... looks like trash. Do you but, trim hey, it? Hey, shut your mouth. Do <laughs> I look Captain Hookery enough for you? You look hookery? Captain Hookery. <laughs> How much is that? <laughs> Captain Hooker. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you where I can dig with this claw. That, oh, that's a, that's a great Halloween costume. <laughs>